Art is too important not to share. Welcome to the Allie and Callie Artcast. Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Callie, and we're with the Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance. Hello, everyone. Hi, guess where we are? I think we're in Pullman. We are on the WSU campus. Go Cougs! I know. It's pretty exciting <laughs> to take a little road trip. It's and a beautiful drive from Coeur d'Alene. Let's just say the Palouse is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. And um, I have i don't think I've ever been on this campus. I've only driven by, I don't know why, a long, long, long time mm-hmm. ago. But I've had many friends go to this campus. So It's, it's a beautiful campus. Yeah. And you know what's really cool about it is... Um, there is a ton of public art on yeah. this campus. We saw some driving in, trying yeah. to find the right building. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. It, we did get a little confused. This is a big campus. Huge. Yeah. I went to but, a small private college, so my my campus was a lot smaller than right. this. So and the um, the area is much different than where we were this weekend. Yes, we were in Canada and it was lovely it was in beautiful. a different way. So many yeah. mountains, so many trees, mm-hmm. so much water. It yeah. was gorgeous. It was beautiful. Yeah. Lots of huge mountains. Yeah, so pretty. Got to spend some time in Revelstoke at mm-hmm. the Luna Festival. Great and we music. we spent a night in D- Nelson on our way home. So fun. Yeah, yeah. There's really great pretty. architecture in Nelson. Mm-hmm. If you ever get a chance, go go check out those historic so, buildings. Yes. We stayed in a great hotel, Hume Hotel. The Hume Hotel. It was Beautiful. really nice. We had a great Very room. old. Yeah. Anyway, um, here we are on the WSU campus, and we're pretty excited to be down here talking to Dan Pham. Mm-hmm. He is... The new um, maestro of the Coeur d'Alene Symphony. Right, but he works here at WSU yes. as the conductor. And actually, we're going to let Dan tell you a little bit more about himself and what he does here. So welcome, welcome, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to to be here. I I get to meet the local celebs of Coeur (laughs) d'Alene. This is fantastic. Well, In our own minds. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, a little bit of something about me. Um, I, I... I always think about this every morning when I when I, I walk to work or, or I get dropped off. You know, I wear a lot of hats and and um, and don't don't let me don't let anyone think that I'm complaining. I mean, please, it's not that. I'm so fortunate to be to be able to do what I do, but I do wear a lot of hats uh, here at WCU. Um, uh, like like Callie uh, uh, referred, I, I'm the conductor of the the symphony orchestra here at the university. I am also director of bands, which is a fancy way of just saying I conduct. The, the top wind ensemble, which is a concert uh, mm-hmm. band group, mm-hmm. um, uh, along with being the music director of the Coeur d'Alene, uh Symphony Orchestra. I also conduct the local symphony here in Pullman, Moscow as well, too, with the Washington Idaho Symphony. Um, so amongst, you know, there are days where I have to absolutely just segment at my time and make sure that, okay, what hat am I wearing now? And who am I speaking to? And what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And um, it can be a challenge at time, but it's, it's all under the umbrella of I'm really lucky to be doing what I do. I mean, right. the, there are not many people that, that get to say that. You know, my, my job description daily is I get to make music, literally making music with, with other colleagues and other musicians, and I'm, uh, I get to be a part of that, you know, that, that creative process of, of, of making beautiful sounds or try to make beautiful mm-hmm. sounds every mm-hmm. single day. Um, so, yeah, today is, a, t- today is a, a, a WCU Symphony Day. I have a concert later on tonight with my university students. But uh, later on this week, 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's a busy Coeur d'Alene uh, symphony weekend with rehearsals and with, with concerts, um, our first. So, yeah, just really excited to be doing what I'm doing. Yay, that's and so cool. The first concert with the symphony, is that your first conducting with the symphony? Uh, Technically, no. It's just okay. a, it's just do a little bit of a deep dive into the history with with this orchestra. I've been living uh, in the Palouse for ten years now. I was oh. first introduced to the Coraline Symphony uh, back during its last music director search right. in two thousand seventeen, oh. and mm-hmm. I, I have had honestly an honest love affair with this symphony for the last five or six years because mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to be a music director finalist mm-hmm. uh, the last time around, and, and of course at that time I was a different person and. Uh, the symphony went a different direction. No hard feelings, of course, because mm-hmm. we all you know, we all live in 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 the world of you know this is the professional world of music making, and we don't always get what we want. But but what I what I think I gained more from uh, in, in that experience was I got to meet my my now colleagues, but then I, I met um, what, what was soon to be a relationship that I have now. I, I met just this wonderful system, this wonderful community. And I fell in love with the, the, the orchestra and what and, and I and I like to brag and I'm making public right now is the impressions that, that were made upon me of, of how to operate a professional orchestra, how to have community relations, how to really be uh, a part of the fabric of the of, of the community through a musical organization has stayed with me. So through, through that process, when I first met the Coeur d'Alene Orchestra, Coeur d'Alene Symphony Orchestra in 2017, I, I've really kind of brought that model everywhere I've gone, and mm. it has served me really well. That's because awesome. quite honestly, in 2017, I was a different person. I didn't wear as many hats uh-huh. as I do now. But because of those experiences, I was able to open other doors, and those opportunities came to me because of that experience. So I'm extremely grateful for my experience in 2017. And now, five, six years later, I'm, I, I, was, I was approached to, to be the music director. And it mm-hmm. was an instant yes. It was something mm-hmm. that uh, I, I, I couldn't pass up. Uh, it's something that my family was really excited for me because they, you know, my wife and, you know, my, my, my entire family just knows how much I love the orchestra. Mm-hmm. I love the people that are in it. So um, it's, it's just something that, you know, I've, it's been a labor of love since 2017 and a love affair I should say since 2017 has just continued on it's just really starting to blossom now that's awesome yeah I love that that is that is exactly what we say the arts do for people Mm -hmm. is it opens doors and makes you bigger and better and And inspires you Mm -hmm. yeah it really has oh I love that that's great so uh, tell me how did you become a musician I, uh, a little bit in my background, I am the son of uh, Vietnamese immigrants. Mm-hmm. Music was never a part of my life uh, growing up. Oh. Uh, it, it's, it, I, I wouldn't say I was self-taught. I was introduced th- uh, to music through the public schools. It was something that I gravitated to because it involved um, socializing, being around other people. But there is a meticulous nature about music that really appeal, appealed to my personality that to be good, you have to just have at it constantly. The The failure rate was really, really high, and I have my share <laughs> of lots of those. But it, it, appeal, it appealed to, to, to my, my, um, you know, my detail-oriented personality. Um, I heard a colleague once say that you know, musicians are a weird bunch because we really do fail our way to success, and that's really, really true. You have to get used to going through, well, the arts are in general like that. You have to be just used to rejection constantly, mm-hmm. but, but with each rejection, with each quote-unquote failure, you make yourself better and better and better and really did appeal to 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 how i operated because mm-hmm. you know
know, I'll gravitate to, some would say it's, it's pessimism. It's not that. It's just like, okay, I just, I gravitate to reality. This is what I have to do better. And, and I, I just kind of use that to propel myself forward. But yeah, through, I, I grew up in Hawaii, so life was hard there. <laughs> um, I bet. So hard. But, uh, but growing up there, as soon as I, I graduated high school, um, that's essentially, I, I really did move away when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was fortunate to have parents that were extremely supportive in, in my pursuits in a discipline that they had no understanding of mm-hmm. because music was not a part of my life. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, my, my relationship with my parents growing up was seeing them, you know, leave the door every morning working their two to three jobs a day as, as they were immigrants. So, right. so it was really, um, you know, living, uh, it was a life of living on my own really, um, uh, with, with the support of my parents from afar, mm-hmm. but they were just always very supportive of, of the, they knew that this is something I was good at or it made me happy and they wanted me to have a chance to pursue. And to be quite honest, you all not, not, it wasn't until really recently, uh, did I get confirmation of, what, of my parents really understanding what I do? I think, you know, in, in there's no real true, tra- well, there is, but there isn't really a, a true uh, translation in Vietnamese to what a conductor does because oh. it's so rare to mm. see that profession in, in Vietnam. So, mm. I mean, for, for years and years, my parents just said, well, Dan just teaches. And that's 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 accurate because I do teach. Well, you I, do, I, yeah. I absolutely do teach that. Yeah. I, I am a teacher. I am a music teacher. Um, so... So growing up and going through 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 school, it was a lot of just doing things on my own. But that's the life of, of uh, a musician. You sit in a practice room and uh, you read and you just absorb things that are around you. Um, I taught public schools uh, for nearly ten years in Oregon. I went back and I did some teaching in school. Back went back to school in Oklahoma, Texas. Taught there for a few years, but then uh, in 2012, got the call to come uh, back home per se to the Northwest because of my mm-hmm. previous ties in Oregon. But mm-hmm. came back to the Northwest. Totten Plus and my family and I are extremely happy being here the last decade and hopefully we'll be for a longer period of time. A long time. We're lucky to have yeah, you. Yeah, thank exactly. you. Thank so you. what what instruments do you play? I'm just curious. Well, by by from a technical standpoint, I'd, I'd say I'm a euphonium player or a low brass player and mm-hmm. a lot of people was like, what is that? What is that? Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it, it was a it's okay now that no one really knows what what I I, I play or or (laughs) they don't recognize the instrument that I identified with with the most because I always knew that I I was kind of, um, you know, it, it, it was an, an oddity of what I doing, especially with the route that I was, I was choosing uh, to pursue. But, you know, being performing on an instrument that had limited repertoire or it wasn't as vast as violin or sure. piano, I mean, you could spend, you know, you know, years and years, you could spend a decade on the composers that begin with B, for example, and right. you can just stay mm-hmm. there and you would never venture outside of that. I mean, that just gives you the, the you know, the, the just the sheer volume of repertoire that existed for certain instruments and all that. And because my instrument was, and it still is, pretty limiting as far as repertoire is concerned, and I hope I'm not offending any low brass players or euphonium players out there, <laughs> but because because it is, it allowed me to explore other things and other interests uh, immediately outside my instrument uh, instrument as well too. So it really was a blessing in disguise that um, I got a chance to 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 um, uh, hone my craft, but also uh, be able to explore other interests. And for me, it was teaching and it was conducting, and I found that I was good at that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that's that's how it's led me. Truth in speaking, I was actually going to school at one time to be a chemist or a doctor, but that, really? that but that quickly, um, that quickly, uh, that door shut shut on me pretty quick because of you know that. 
that that objective thing called grades. So, <laughs> oh, those. darn it! So, gra- right. so, so that fate chooses themselves. <laughs> darn it! Those yeah, are hard. Darn I know. That. Yeah. Stupid grades. You know, those, those those chemistry and you know uh, medical schools—they're pretty hard. Yeah, you know, they are. Right. When they, Absolutely. They, they demand. They demand. You it's know, kind of grades. that different side of the brain too. That it right. is. Yeah. So you've got that left side, right side, right? right. Yeah. And the artistic side is. The right, right side. side. So we're all right side brain, right? Yeah. I, th- I feel like I'm a good balance of You're, those. Oh, I'm not. I'm not I'm right sure side. that's true. <laughs> somebody else might argue that point. Well, I, I like to think I <laughs> yeah. I, I thought so. I, I thought at one time in my life I was the other side of my brain. And then mm-hmm. now I, I'm reminded. My, my my wife is a nursing student and she goes through oh, all yeah. her, her sciences and whatnot. And now when I look at her studying at night, I look and I went, wow, I do not understand anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm quickly reminded yes, the reality yeah. of my being one-sided yeah, so, yeah, one yeah. brain-sided That's, is yeah my evident. daughter is a nurse and she is definitely <laughs> left brain left brain <laughs> right she's yeah but she also has a musical side so she's got a little bit of both but yeah yeah it does take a but this is great that you are now an amazing conductor mm-hmm. and you're teaching and what is what is your favorite I mean, I don't want to say style, but who's your favorite composer? Uh, Who's my favorite composer? It's, you know, because I'm not, I'm not copying out here. It's, you know, because of the hats that I wear, um, when you deal with, for example, um, a a concert band or a wind ensemble, that primarily deals with repertoire of um, contemporary living composers mm-hmm. right I mean, it is it is not it's not unheard of in fact on our next performance I'm I'm, I'm conversing with composers who wrote pieces for us that's, so that's awesome which is incredible yeah and, but at the same time on the other end I have you know this is a season that has Stravinsky Beethoven and mm-hmm. I love those I love those works as well too mm-hmm. um, and, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into this as well too something that uh, well more specifically, American orchestras are going through right now that we are, uh, many American groups are trying to diversify their repertoire a little bit more. So um, I'm trying to do my due diligence of, of course, we all have our steady appetite of your Beethoven, Mozart's, Haydn's, and mm-hmm. that's extremely important. It's it's a reason why we call it part of the standard repertoire or the core repertoire. But there are other composers that will start to kind of sneak in. Right. Our first uh, fundraising gala, we had a, a, a composer by the Samuel Coleridge Taylor. He was an English African composer, and his oh. music is absolutely delightful. And you listen to his uh, his music, and you sit there and you think you're 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 listening to a 19th century version of of, of Beethoven. Wow. Um, so along alongside with a concert that we're doing this weekend, we're we're performing uh, Stravinsky, and that 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 is a part of core repertoire, and everyone will be very familiar, or or can look on YouTube or mm-hmm. find anything on iTunes. It's like okay, there there are a million recordings of that piece that we're performing or above that composer mm-hmm. but alongside we're doing we're doing a, a, a living composer by the name of Omar Thomas so uh, um, the, uh, a piece that 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 um, that memorializes the uh, the the, Car- the Carolina sh- church shooting from years ago mm. that tragedy that oh, was there so yeah. trying to do a little bit of a of mix I mean so to answer your question it is you know uh, 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 I I 
Beethoven. I love my Beethoven. I love mm-hmm. Mahler. Mm-hmm. Those those are composers that I absolutely adore. But there are living composers that I I'm starting to do these deep dives into. Mm-hmm. Omar Thomas is a favorite character, a favorite favorite composer of mine mm-hmm. now. But it but it comes and goes. To be honest yeah. with you, I mean, there it really comes with each cycle. Right. And when when the next cycle comes in, I'm sitting there. I, we we have a Fulbright scholar here in residence uh, from Malaysia, and mm. very soon after this weekend, when the next cycle comes through, I'm doing a deep dive into his music as well mm-hmm. too which is very environmentally or uh, environmentally inspired oh, with cool. bird calls and recordings and all that and to, to a certain extent he will have to be my favorite composer right. at that time as well too so well, I'm not I'm not avoiding your question no 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 it's great it, it, because it does come in it does come and it's go. great because you are you know you will tap on the classics and then bring in new composers that people haven't heard Mm -hmm. and I like that because not everyone has the opportunity or they don't even think to listen to new composers right Right. and and a lot of times I think it's because we don't know we don't know who they are so hey y'all it's Jason from Tubbs Coffee Roasters we are North Idaho's specialty coffee roaster we are homegrown and we are local We love coffee and we love our community, especially Allie and Callie in ArtCast. We have a retail space in our roastery in Hayden, and we can also be found on the shelves at Super One and Yolks. And if you like to buy coffee online, we do offer subscriptions. You can find us at TubbsCoffeeRoasters.com. Support arts and culture and your local roaster. That's all. The whole idea of conducting, it was interesting because this weekend we were talking about conducting and um, uh, I had the unique opportunity years ago when the um, festival at Sandpoint actually had a Schweitzer Institute, okay. which was uh, run by Gunther Schuler, who was oh, wow. a pretty major conductor. I know, one of the most influential 20th century conducting teachers conductors and conducting teachers yeah he was amazing absolutely and he lived in spokane and worked in spokane and he was the head of this institute (laughs) and they would bring musicians from all over the world to this institute to study up in sandpoint on schweitzer where um they got really in-depth uh music instruction Mm -hmm. and um, they had a very unique program where they brought conductors in that were learning to be people who were learning to be conductors Mm -hmm. in and they got to study for that extensive period of time right Mm -hmm. under Gunther Schuller absolutely and as a member of the arts community I was invited to come and witness and be part of this um this conducting class this Mm -hmm. workshop Mm -hmm. and it was fascinating I And so what I realized is the conductor really is a very important part of the symphony or the or the group of, you know, that the music, the music makers. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm interested to hear your perspective on what it takes to be a conductor. And, you know, it looks like you're just up there waving your wand. It really doesn't. It, you know, everybody obviously knows the music when they come in to perform. Sure. So tell us a little bit about the conductor's role. That's a good, that's a 
great question and a great setup as well too. Um, conducting has always been traditionally, I, I teach a conducting class here as well too, and I, and I even say it to my own conducting class, like literally a class of uh, um, soon-to-be conductors or music educators, that conducting, uh, the, the, the art of teaching conducting these days has, has gone through a transformation. Because if we, if we were to be in 1940 or 1950s and you wanted to be an orchestral conductor of any sort, essentially you would take on that that medieval apprenticeship role of following your conducting teacher around and you sit at the piano for eight hours a day and you're playing whatever scores that were there. The, the, art of, the, the, the idea of pe conducting pedagogy of something where there are 15 conductors working with Gunther Schuller is more of a 20, late 20th to 21st century idea. In my opinion, you see it more these days and it's marketed as such. But uh, but you look at just these these various documentaries, uh, how are our, 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 our who's who of names as far as um, uh, people that you see online um, uh, and connecting these famous concerts, you know, from Leonard Bernstein to mm -hmm. uh, uh, you, you name it uh, with Carlos Kleiber, all these folks, they, 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 they were just one student with their one conducting teacher, and that's how they were they mm -hmm. were taught. And they follow on. They, they they would talk about music all the live long day. They would play their scores on their piano, and that's really how they would conduct. The art of actually conducting pedagogy was really never discussed. Now we actually see it more more common where you have these symposiums where a, a master conductor is there teaching others how to do that. And it's a weird thing because there really is no recipe how to become a good conductor hmm. to answer your question what i think it what it takes to be a good conductor is essentially it is a music i think a conductor is a musical facilitator uh, a communicator between what the conductor envisions what the music is supposed to be like communicating to uh, the musicians that are performing it but actually that that conductor is also a direct line or communication line to the composer because essentially the roadmap is the music that you're performing and you're trying to tap into what the composer's thinking interpret through the eyes of a conductor communicating to an orchestra that's in front of you or any group that's in front of you mm -hmm. and we're all trying to point in the right direction. So a conductor essentially through insinuation, through gesture, through verbal instruction, rehearsal technique or whatever, uh, where a conductor is is tasked with 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 moving the musicians in that direction. Sometimes it is a very dictatorial uh, uh, role that's becoming more and more rare. Mm -hmm. uh, these days, it's more of a collaborative or a facilitatory uh, 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 role as a conductor is, and, and more and more successful conductors are finding that that's really the model to 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 work because to, to work off of because you're dealing with musicians arguably who are better musicians or equal musicians uh that um to to you on the podium i certainly that is certainly the case for me uh with the Coraline orchestra because i i'm i have brilliant brilliant colleagues that are sitting in in the orchestra and for me to sit there and say that i know more than you right. you must do the following it's it, it's never that that doesn't work and it's not my management style either mm -hmm. it's more of a collaborative style and making sure can we do this or ha can we think about it this way now in the interest of of time a lot of times it does take like okay we should do it this way or i need for such and such section i need for you to do this because we have disagreement and we need mm -hmm. to agree more a little bit need a leader uh, yeah right. exactly <laughs> yeah. Right. And, there, there, and, and so there's uh, so so for me to say that 
there isn't a, a, a directing role. Uh, I'd be lying if there was if I said that there wasn't any of that. But but these days, I think uh, being uh, an excellent communicator, being able to be uh, collegial, I think is extremely important. But first and foremost, it's about the music. You have to you have to be learned. You have to know, you know, the reasons behind the music that you pick is there mm-hmm. is there a, a thread between the pieces that you're the program that you've selected can you communicate that to the audience can you can communicate your interpretation or your ideas to the musicians that are trying to put that together all those things come together if you don't know your music if you don't know how the tune goes if you don't know how uh th- this i mean that all falls apart but you know i think conducting really is more than just uh, uh moving your arms around as i tell my students if there's no substance behind what you're doing in movement then you're just miming that's right. essentially right. what it is if there's no understanding to what your gestures mean if you don't if you know that you know it has to be a certain speed or a certain style a certain kind of release where you're supposed to breathe if all those things are not incorporated into what you're showing physically then you're miming to to a group and it's meaningless the conductor has the emotion of the whole orchestra for me because i was in band and and orchestra in high school and everything so if without that it 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 again you you i feel like they are the emotional behind all the music mm-hmm. you know because you you can follow the beat you've got a time signature mm-hmm. you've got the key signature so you know what notes you're supposed mm-hmm. to play you know the beats mm-hmm. but that conductor the maestro is the one telling you this is where we're gonna we're all gonna build here and we're right. all gonna you know it's without that person it, it everyone's gonna have a different feel right so that's that's what I feel. And like. and and for and, and for me to just dive a little bit back into my own background, I'm 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 immensely proud of my my public school um, experience, and I'm not equating my colleagues in Coeur d'Alene as as, as public school students. Mm-hmm. I'm not. But what I mean by that is this past year, many of the musicians. I mean, sorry, this past week, when we had our various rehearsals, we had just a mountain of things to do, and for some of the musicians that are there, they needed a very, uh, a very, um, uh, square one approach to breaking what we had to learn down a, a very, very, you know, point A to point B to point C to point D approach to how we learn the music at hand, at, at hand. So, uh, and uh, you know, so I had a roadmap, I had a lesson plan. We had to go from here, here, this is how we think about this passage here. So there was a little very, there was more teach if it makes sense there was more teaching involved than there was conducting mm-hmm. and many of the the music educators that were in the group sat there it's like well dan put on his 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 his, his, his band director hat or his orchestra director <laughs> right. hat on and he put away he put the he put away the maestro hat and he put on his teaching hat and that's that, that's extremely appropriate and it's not something that i shy away from either mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there seems to be a, a a belief that a maestro just emotes the entire time no there's no, there are there's times more. where you mm-hmm. just have to be you have to just mm-hmm. you know get your get your hands dirty and just teach and says okay we have to just do that over we have to know the rhythm goes like this or i need this mm-hmm. to be articulated this way et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. and that's okay it's not always just waving our arms and mm-hmm. At that at that moment, it took the con- a conductor to, and it sounds like I'm bragging about myself, but it took a conductor to be able to adapt and says, okay, the the group needs me to be this instead of this in order to be successful. So mm-hmm. at that moment, it served no purpose for me to just emote on the podium. It needed me to, the orchestra needs uh, a moment of being able to look at what we had to learn and break that down for everyone to understand at a very, very fundamental level. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was one of our more successful meetings because you could feel it. You know, there's an electricity 
electricity in the air at the end mm -hmm. of the evening. Everyone says, we got a lot done today. I understand mm -hmm. what we're playing so much better. Right. And I was so proud of them to be able to kind of recognize that. But at the same time, it was okay for me to say this, like, wow, I had a really great rehearsal. That was really fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And it's really rare that I even say that because a lot of times it's always going back to the first thing we discussed. It's always about, you know, we fail our way to success. All right, what do we do wrong? What do we do wrong? What do we do? And I'm always that person. I yeah. always point point that, that blame or, or that responsibility on myself first. Like, I could have done this better today. could have done this better. But but this past rehearsal that we, we recently had was something that's like, wow, we went from here to here and we covered so much ground. It's because of the willingness of the musicians, but the community, the communication that was involved and the organization that was involved to get there was really, really something. So kudos mm -hmm. to the musicians, but it took a lot of work to just to get there as well, too. Wow. How often do you rehearse with the symphony? With the symphony, they rehearse. So starting on, let's say, if, if the, the, the symphony rehearses on a given Saturday, mm -hmm. we typically have four Thursdays that precedes that Saturday performance. Okay. Oh, wow. So four weeks you're... Yeah. Basically, four, 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 but four a, sessions. But four sessions over a period of four over yeah. a period of a month. Wow! So, so they can take what they learn in that session and continue practicing on yes. their own. Yeah. Then they bring that back, and you. Yes. Yeah. The other the other professional model that that exists out there and possibly is more common, um, and there are pros and cons to both approaches, but the other approach is to, to do, if you have four con four rehearsals, you might do you know a Thursday, a Friday, and a double rehearsal on a right. Saturday and mm -hmm. do a Sunday performance. Mm -hmm. So that, that's kind of the rip the Band-Aid off approach. And there's a lot of, <laughs> right. there's a lot of great, great stuff right. with that as well too, because mm -hmm. it's less time, it's time in intensive, but it's not time consuming as far as a period of over a month. Mm -hmm. But then the plus to what we do uh, with the Coraline Symphony Orchestra is that there is that period of time that it is, you know, you, you rehearse and then you know that you have six days before we meet next to you know, fine reinforce tune. and fine-tune. Mm -hmm. fine right. exactly. That's nice. Right. So there are wow. pluses, and, uh, pluses and minuses to both systems. And I happen with my many hats that I wear, I, I'm engulfed in both systems. Mm -hmm. And I I don't prefer one over the other. They're right. good. But it good, just gives you more options exactly. and more ways to deal with That's it, exactly is perfect. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So. And how do you choose the music? Do you choose the music for a concert or how is that? Well, tip typically... Yes, the role of a music director is to choose the repertoire for a given season. For this season here, it's a little bit, odd is the wrong word, but there have been repertoire selections or commitments from years past mm before the pandemic, that ugly word mm -hmm. that has to kind of seep right. into our discussion yes. that I'm trying to honor. I know that there are certain pieces that were were, were on the docket that sure. unfortunately was never was never planned to be performed or never got a chance to be performed that I'm trying to honor that and make sure that we're putting that in to, to do that. So one of the pieces we're doing on our first concert uh, is exactly that. But for the most part, yes, I do choose. Now, what what is interesting about the Coraline uh, Symphony Orchestra is there is a players committee which that serves as sort of a, a vetting mechanism or a voice um, to to um, to to speak with or to communicate with the music director saying, oh, well, my show, we've already performed that, which is very helpful. Well, right. We've sure. done that That's in the good. last four years. That's really, really great. Or mm -hmm. perhaps we might have a bad history with that composer because that, that that won't be received well. It's good to have that that sort of input. I, I know for a fact that when push comes to shove, I, I know the musicians will be very supportive of, of the decisions that I make as far as repertoire is concerned. But I like the communication. I don't mind mm -hmm. communicating with a, a, a players committee to say, what do you 
you think about the flow of this piece? Would this really, really work? Mm-hmm. And and there are there there are details that that players have, the operations managers may may have that I'm not prone to. Like, well, our budget for this concert might be this much. That might this you know certain things might be sure. cost prohibitive. Or more more pragmatically, like we're going to be performing in this venue for that concert. That piece may not work well because of the size of, this, of, of, of the, the, the environment. Speaking exactly. Speaking of so, venue, yeah. where are you performing on Saturday? On Saturday, we are we're performing at Northern Idaho College oh, in our okay. auditorium there. Yeah. So, Just so oh, that's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. That's mm-hmm. a big, big auditorium. A huge auditorium, and it's just enough room for just a uh, sellout crowd. Where we yeah. Work. Oh, nice. absolutely. And can they get tickets online? They can get tickets online, or they can call the symphony office. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe and get the tickets there. Cda symphony dot org. Yes. Vincent. So, I, so for concert one, we are performing in uh, uh, the. The, the theme of the concert is Welcome to New America. Oh. New is in parentheses because there is undoubtedly an American, um, um, it's warmed over Americana. Um, it's not like apple pies being served or anything, but there's a, there's a <laughs> we have a Star Spangled Banner overture. Mm-hmm. There's West Side Story, which, of course is, a, which is American oh, as awesome. apple pie. One of my favorite musicals. But okay. then, then, of course, then we are, we're exploring, uh, we go off the beaten path just a little bit because there's, it's not necessarily let's, um, let's celebrate, you know, uh, patriotic raw, raw. It's not that, like I mentioned of our new day, of our new day begun, which is by composer Omar Thomas. It, uh, it memorializes the events of the Carolina shooting, the Mm -hmm. nine that passed away and that horrific Mm -hmm. shooting from years ago. And is a piece that, has a little bit of everything there is there there's moments of extreme chaos there's no depiction of any shooting in the music itself but mm-hmm. it is it is something of 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 high emotional value and it's important to be able to to talk about there are sides to american music that does look at these sorts of topics so mm-hmm. as much as we have the raw raw swarj bangle banner overture and we have the celebration nature of west side story and all the topics that that deals with mm-hmm. we also have an ugly side as well to ultimately the piece that we're performing is celebratory because it does that it does celebrate the human spirit and the resiliency of of, mm-hmm. of what we go through which is very americana um there it's i think it's important to be able to 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 feature an, on an american concert that not all the themes are necessarily raw raw happy right the last concert on the last piece on the program is is by Unusually, Igor Stravinsky, and and oh. and and everyone sits there and says, "Well, Dan and the musicians themselves said, what is American about that?" He wrote that when he wasn't in the United States. It's based on Russian folk songs and dances, and that's true. Everything about Stravinsky's Firebird is mm-hmm. Russian. However, what I did instead was I chose um, what a lot of people may not be aware of is when Stravinsky immigrated to the United States. And he was one of those 20th century personalities, those composer personalities that was embraced by the American culture. He achieved celebrity status as a composer. That does not happen at all. Mm-hmm. Not today, not ever. He was on the cover of Time magazine mm-hmm. as a composer of wow. classical music. That wow. does not happen. Ironically, since Leonard Bernstein. Leonard Bernstein was another composer that we celebrated, but he's more synonymous with Americana mm-hmm. lifestyle and music and whatnot. But Igor Stravinsky, when he was a composer and he, he taught in California, he achieved this his stardom, his fandom, 
as an American citizen, as an immigrant to the United States. Hmm. Uh, the, the piece that, that we're performing, uh, the Firebird, uh, you, you can see, you can find interviews that uh, by Stravinsky. He famously conducted it with the, the New York Philharmonic, uh, so he was exposed to uh, a wide world audience, uh, an American audience. Uh, um, furthermore, but but he he famously said that the the Stravinsky as a the Firebird Suite, which I composed, I must have conducted it a thousand times, and he said that in print. And he didn't say that until he got to the United States. So, mm. so as far as that piece is concerned, while it's not necessarily American, it does celebrate an American spirit, which is right. celebrity, mm-hmm. you know, fandom. And mm-hmm. he certainly does qualify with that because right. if there's anything we know in the United States, it's about stardom, fandom, celebrity yes, right. status. And that is most definitely a part of the United States, a part of the American culture that we're mm-hmm. kind of looking at and celebrating yeah, as well, too. Yeah, for sure. Wow. So that's, it's, it's, a, it, but at the same time, it's a, it's a clever way to be able to kind of weave into, you know, a theme, different parts of the world, different voices. Yeah. And all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to always follow that traditional path that, that a music director might in, mm-hmm. in the past. Hi, Allie here. Hey, do you love our art cast? Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app or like us on Facebook to get notifications about some upcoming giveaways, like an official Allie and Callie mug. Our audience is growing too, and we are a great outlet for advertising. Consider being a sponsor and Callie and I will record an ad for you or help you record it yourself. Thank you for listening. Well, let's come back and talk about the rest of the symphony, uh, sure. Lane symphony yes. season. Yes. Um, so the rest of the season is, um, uh, we, we, our first concert is on October 1st. It's technically our season premiere, mm-hmm. but we already had a concert that, that we, we performed, uh, uh, in the park, in the park our, our traditional, right. our Labor Day, uh, right. Labor Day performance. But after this first concert, there's a, a traditional, Christmas concert or mm-hmm. a holiday concert, mm-hmm. which um, I'm trying to put a different spin on 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 that as well to bring in pieces that we may not have heard before by different composers. But all in all, it is a traditional holiday concert. Mm-hmm. Moving into the spring, um, I'm I'm really really happy to say that uh, Phil Baldwin, who is uh, our concert master, my colleague in Spokane, and te- and quite technically and and no, officially, he's the the assistant conductor of the uh, the Symphony Orchestra. He'll mm-hmm. be conducting the uh, the January and February cycle for the symphony, and that typically is the the side by side with uh, the Coeur Youth Symphony, mm-hmm. uh, and and it, it it's something that brings in you know youth from from from, from the community, and it is um, it pieces that. Are, that it's a side by side, so it's it's the 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 youth symphony players performing side by side with the Coeur symphony musicians themselves. So it's always a a big community attraction to be able to see uh, students and professionals on stage performing together. Mm-hmm. But the 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 part of that that I wanted to make sure that we put a spotlight on is is Phil Baldwin is is conducting mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. He's an important part. He's an important part of um, uh, the symphony both in leadership but institutional memory wise. Um, he, he's a phenomenal musician teacher conductor all the above and you know he he sits he's he he sits right there you know as as to to my left uh, as i'm conducting the group and he provides that 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 musical leadership within the group as well too so mm-hmm. vitally important and an incredible colleague so uh, so to be able to 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 turn uh the reins over to him for 
a concert series mm -hmm. and something that I want to make sure that we're developing moving forward that, you know, an orchestra can't just be doing it for one person, whether that be right. a music director or an executive director or anything. It has to be driven by several different drivers. That's why you, when you know your, your, your organization is successful, that anyone can come into it and, you know, mm -hmm. no one misses a beat with, with that. It doesn't, it, an efficiency expert would sit there and says, well, Dan, that means we don't need you. No, it's not that for an arts organization. We want to make sure that we're standards driven and not personality driven. If they're, mm -hmm. if they're doing it just for me or they're doing it just for any one person, you remove that person and the, the system falls apart. Right. It's that's inefficiency in itself. So to be able to have um, uh, Phil Baldwin be a part of the season as a conductor is vitally important to me. And I think it's important mm -hmm. for any arts organization to get different perspectives, which is why we bring in guest uh, soloists. But it's important for me to bring guest conductors in as well, right. too, because we all learn and I learn as well, too. I, right. I learn to see how different uh, my street run rehearsals their way and, and program their way and, and, and conduct their way. So I think it's it's important for all of us uh, to, to see and hear different musical opinions. And it's mm -hmm. really important. Mm -hmm. um, uh, our fifth concert of the season, season one, two, three, four, the, the fourth concert of the season, excuse me, is our young, our young artist uh, competition. And that that is nationally known. The Coral yeah. Symphony brings in these uh, uh, young artist uh, competition winners, which they themselves, every single every single winner that the Coraline uh, Symphony Orchestra has featured, is already or has gone on to become um, national or international stars on their instruments. Wow! Um, so it really is a, a world class event as far as the performers that we put a spotlight on, and mm -hmm. they just happen to be young artists. So there are people in the neighborhood of twenty one or over right. under just you know plus or minus a few mm -hmm. years so true prodigies and just the, the, right. the immensely talented young people performing and oh, then we I get to the that. end of the year our, our last concert of the year is a, 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 a is of, of a different flavor uh, it's called South of the Border it's featuring con uh, uh, composers that are not from the United States rather from from Mexico from anywhere literally south of, of the, the border. border right yeah so it's it's something to, to uh, it's important to me to um, to feature other composers style Com compositions that that fall outside of your Beethoven, Mozart, Haydn's, and it gives us a chance to hear uh, music of different cultures. And mm -hmm. I think it's really important for us to embrace that because that's where we are as an American orchestra now. It's like we have we are made up of so many different uh, so different many different musicians, so many different composers are writing for us that it would be criminal not to feature those, right. those different styles and composers and backgrounds. Mm -hmm. That's great. You know, it's interesting that you say that because um, especially after I went to that conductor's workshop, mm -hmm. one of the things that was, uh, that I learned from somebody there was that, you know, conductors have traditionally been fairly egotistical oh, yeah. and not wanted to share the stage. So it made it very difficult for young conductors to actually get the experience that they needed to conduct on stage. So all it true. Makes, it makes me so happy to hear oh. you say that you're... It's that, all true. Yeah, you're opening it up to young people to be able to... I think it's really important. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it... it um, 
and I, I and I feel irresponsible saying this, but I, but I do know that there is chatter behind the scenes. Like, oh, Dan does it so differently. I mean, he he gives up the podium to other people, or he brings in so many different guests and all that. And I really think that it's not about me. It has to be about the musicians. It has to be about the community. Mm-hmm. You know, we feature local talent for that reason. We have uh, local artists, local conductors. You know, we have an input. There's a more of a buy-in by the community for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the the days of it being about the conductor are nearly gone if they're not gone already. Right. Um, I've. I. Th- this is true when you go when you go through school. I mean, uh, you go through uh, various different business meetings. You hear executive directors say this all the time. They said that you know conductors are a dime a dozen. The thing is that if we don't like this conductor, we can just get rid of him or her. There's going to be a hundred more lining up at the door because who doesn't want to conduct an orchestra? And that's really really true. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely important to play nice be nice mm-hmm. but but doing it in a way that you're not you're not patronizing your audience or your musicians right. it really is about you know a proper management style it's a proper way to be collaborative and collegial and i think that's i do believe that is the new model for the 21st century conductor the days of being tyrannical or dictatorial are are over mm-hmm. and you know, with, with heavy involvement with, you know, any human resources department, and all that, I don't think, I don't think they'd have it in, yeah. any other way either. I mean, right. we're, there, no, no one is to be put on a pedestal. So if that's the case of how we operate in the everyday proceedings of, of, of business and all that, how wouldn't you operate that artistically as well too? Mm-hmm. How are you not collegial? How are you not collaborative when you're, when you're sharing a program? Because there, there has to be that side of it as well too. Right. So we have to be a little bit, I mean, music is about sharing, music is about other people. It makes no sense to me that it, mm-hmm. a certain person gets to ignore those rules when right. it comes to their specific profession yeah. in music. Makes I mean, no that's true me. of the arts and the arts is all about embracing uh, differences and accepting, um, you know, everybody. Right. And so it makes sense that you would promote and encourage young people to come in and Absolutely. take over and it, now it it takes a little bit of adjustment I, and i i know this perfect like as as we we change a little bit of our 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 programming ideas where we'll feature more women composers more composers of mm-hmm. color diversifying our what we present to our audiences in Coeur d'Alene it'll take a while because a lot of people mm-hmm. do like they, 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 it's hard to let go of Beethoven sure. Mozart Haydn yeah. and I, I'm not letting that go I've never let that go right. I, I'm, I, you look at my stand here I have a Beethoven score staring at you right, right. there so, <laughs> so it's, it's not it's not that at all it's it's that but but at the same time as much as I think that I you know the, the theme of this conversation has been about sharing and collaborating as well I think the program I think Beethoven can share the stage mm-hmm. a little bit with other composers as mm-hmm. well too because certainly during the during the 17th 18th 19th century they were you know composers and conductors were very very open to to um uh performing hey look at this ludwig guy he's he's you know he's writing these new symphonies and we should be performing this i think we have to have that equal um uh, openness to promote because we don't know if we're living in a time of another Beethoven or another Mozart. Right. And and how would we know if we don't perform those people? So it's right. really, really important. I think I, 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 I'm, I have to be as open to performing these these new voices, these new composers, as I have that enthusiasm for looking at, oh, I get to do Beethoven's Seventh Symphony or Fifth Symphony this mm-hmm. weekend. I mean, I, it, there has to be an equal level of excitement to do that. Right. Because if we are not, we're going to stay that. Stay in the past. Yeah, we're going to stay in the past. It's nice to educate people that 
that there's there's more out there that right. y- you just maybe haven't heard it. And it's true. And it's and I think the artful, um, I, I think the, the, the skill is to do it in a way that's not patronizing. Right. It's not mm-hmm. condescending. Like, right. I'm here to educate you. Yeah. No, it's not that. It's like, here's yeah. here's something that, hey, you know, maybe you didn't hear this. Maybe you've never heard this <laughs> yeah. before and mm-hmm. you might end up liking it a lot. And you might love it. You might love it. Right? Exactly right. Yeah. So, so hopefully, you know, it's, it's, um, it's new with, with a new director comes new, new visions. And, and I, I hope to bring something uh, of, of a little bit of all the above. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, but so far, so good. I mean, everything, I mean, starting five years ago and certainly having my first concert in May with the group, this is my first official concert, the new season, but mm-hmm. I did, I did come in at the end of last season just to kind of tidy up that season mm-hmm. and, and um, just, just you know, tying up loose ends and all that. But it was a successful first concert from last season going into the Labor Day concert and going into this weekend and for the rest of the season, it looks like mm-hmm. things are pointing forward and very, very exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. And, well, and next summer, we are looking forward to having the symphony come back to our Riverstone Summer Concert Series. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, we've, you know, traditionally done a small orchestra, mm-hmm. but we're hoping for a larger orchestra. Maybe not the full orchestra, but, you know, just a, a real presence on the stage because we True. have we've an had audience. them in the past. Yeah. It's always a great concert. It's always really yeah. well received by the community. That's so wonderful. That'll be fun. Well, we really appreciate you meeting with us. Well, thank you. Um, thank you so much. It was a fun much. drive down here to come yes. down and get inspired by the campus. Well, well you're you're certainly knowledgeable and we're we're glad to have a new a new voice oh, for our mm-hmm. symphony. I I adore. I I love this workshop very dearly. I say it very openly to the group themselves. I say it to people. I say it to their faces as behind their back <laughs> as well too. I mean, I do I do absolutely love this workshop. I adore my my drives up there. I'm rejuvenated every time I meet with them. I collaborate with them. Um, it's it it is just such a uh, a pleasure to be in front of them and you know you sit there and you know there's always you know that the, the thought that oh is this gonna is the honeymoon period over or <laughs> yeah right you know, am I, you know is, is that is this gonna wear off no so far so good it's been it's been really a, a great shot in the arm to be able to collaborate with new faces in the room but just making music with them and and like i said it's been a love affair that i've had for over five years now and <laughs> i'm i'm honored to be with them and to be in that area my my wife loves that area as well to my family as my family does so mm-hmm. it's just incredible to be able to just make all this music with, with with the musicians there well we're looking forward to hearing more that's right Fantastic. so don't forget awesome. the concerts at nic saturday night probably 7 30 7 30 all right get your right. tickets cda symphony.org yep or call the symphony that's right yep Absolutely. Thank so, you so much, Dan. Yeah. Thank you, Allie and Callie. Yay! Well, I'm Allie. And I'm Callie. And whatever you do today, make sure it's creative. And maybe listen to some new music. Yeah, try something new. The Allie and Callie Artcast is a program of the Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance and is sponsored by NIA. North Idaho Alliance, a woman-based leadership organization designed to inspire, uplift, and impact your community and lives. And Tubbs Coffee Roasters, globally sourced, locally roasted coffee.